Blog Talk Radio.
because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength and our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life. Eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord, but we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord. That you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord. And you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God. And give us a refilling, Lord. That when we leave here today, Lord, we can leave with your anointing, Lord. That as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the in the name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee. And healing is in your wings. And you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls. And in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord. Every demonic force, Lord. God that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer, and Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to Turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Bring every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the 
day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God for prayer this morning because I've learned over the years prayer will fix it every time. And I know a lot of times we pray and we feel like God don't hear, but God is fixing it. Whether he fix it in the way that you want it done or whether you get no answer or he don't move, he yet fixed it for you. Hallelujah. We just got to learn he hear us the first time we pray. I don't care when it is, God hears. But his eyes are in every place. This is what the scripture says now. And he's beholding the evil and the good. So he hear us the first time. And if we'll begin to praise after that, and when it come back to our mind again, you prayed about that, God ain't moved yet. Begin to praise again, begin to worship. Hallelujah. Because he heard us. The first time. Thank you, Jesus. Merry Christmas to everybody. Pray that everybody's well. Pray that uh, everyone is enjoying their Christmas holiday and that we're celebrating the day that we set aside to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I pray this morning that we are celebrating him and not stuff and things and not people and not gifts. What we didn't get, what we wanted, what we should have got. Now, we're celebrating him. He was the greatest gift we could ever get. For God so loved the world, hallelujah, that he gave. Nobody forced him. He willingly gave his only begotten son. And today, if we believe on him, we won't perish but have everlasting life. I'm looking forward to that eternal life. Yeah, in this life, we get tired. Sometimes we get weary. Yeah, sometimes we feel wore out. We feel overwhelmed. But if we'll continue to be faithful unto him, his word said he'll give us a crown of life that will never fade away. And I'm thankful unto him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Merry Christmas to you, Sion. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Sister Irene. Merry Christmas to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman, this morning. God bless you. God bless you. I truly miss being here. Had a big week last week. So I wasn't able to come every day. Then Blog Talk had some problems. And I said, well, I'm going to let them solve this. I'm going to let them take a week to solve it, a week to do whatever they need to do, and then I'll come back and everything should be okay. 
And that's what happens. When I come back this morning, things was just fine. Yeah, so I'm thankful unto Almighty God. And see, we have to wait on him sometimes. Many days I want to do what I want to do. And he said, wait, no, stop. Don't do that. Don't, uh-uh. Don't go that way. Don't do that. I have to pay attention. Because the Holy Spirit will lead in God, but we have to be in tune. And some days, it, it, see, it, it, the voice is so soft sometimes. He's not yelling. He's not screaming. He just speaks. And if I'm where I'm supposed to be in the spirit, I will hear and obey. But sometimes we run it, running errands, running a business, we run in our household, or we got family issues, we got work issues, we got this, that, and the other, and sometimes we miss it. And sometimes he'll just nudge us a little bit, so we no, don't do that. You've often heard me say many times he told me, don't do that, Bob, don't say that. Yeah. I've known him to send somebody else to tell me this, but it was him. He used them to tell me so I would be straight. Because, see, the world already hates us because it hated him. So, again, this morning, we have to know when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, and when to run. We're not going to count our money when we're sitting at the table. Because we don't want to be robbed, Huh? We don't want nobody to take a, take what we got. So we're going to keep Bible study going. We're going to keep prayer going because we don't want to lose nothing when it comes to the things of God. I say Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Yeah, he did it again for us. He allowed us to see another December the 25th because without him, we can do nothing. So he allowed it. And we accept today what Almighty God allows. We're better off anyway if we do, because it's nothing we can do about what he said for us. And so I'm just grateful unto him this morning. Uh, I'll see you until my buddy, I said Merry Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> I've been away, and I'm used to seeing my buddy come in, you know, and uh, everything. Good morning to you, brother Anthony. God bless you this morning. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, and so I'm thankful. My goddaughter, uh, Laura. God, mama, you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be on there Monday, Laura. I'm, I'm gonna do a Christmas show Monday, Laura. Brother Jermaine, you, you're on next week. I said, yeah, but matter of fact, I'm doing a Christmas show on Monday. Yeah, he said, well, I was just checking in with you. Yeah, well, let him snow on, you know, let him snow on, because any time we can sleep in, let's go on and sleep in. Yeah, let him snow right on. He, he's good. He's good. <laughs> That's my buddy. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. So I think, well, I'm reflecting back. Anybody remember um, the old Christmas you used to have that's different from now? Now, the modern day, a modern thing, some things are good. I cannot lie. Some things are good. Some things are better. But then there are some things that uh, has gone too far. Yeah. And it didn't really need to go that far. But I thank God this morning that he blessed us with a memory that we can go back and remember things. So I wanted to talk about uh, your 
childhood Christmas or your Christmas right now and how you feel about it, what has changed, what do you think changed uh, with your Christmas from looking back to now? And, and you can go back as far as possible, or you can not go back as far. You can you can stop after you had your children. Then you want to talk about how things changed or whatever. But I remember coming up. We wasn't rich people, but I didn't know that because I really didn't know what rich was. And I just thought we were people who had food and, you know, I got clothes and uh, my dad showed us a lot of love. My mom showed us a lot of love. She could cook and, you know, it's love in cooking, you know, and, and I didn't have to become an adult to learn that when this woman cooked a Christmas dinner, uh, she cooked it because it was just December the 25th. No, she cooked that entire dinner because she loved us. And she wanted us to be happy. And she did her absolute best because she wanted it to taste really good. So I remember, you know, a childhood Christmas. Um, I remember sometimes we didn't get nothing. I got to be honest. I'm looking back, reflecting back the other day, and I got to saw that, see that. Sometimes we just had a, a, a partial meal. We didn't have the full traditional Christmas dinner that we cooked at my, our house. You know, we had, um, instead of a turkey, we may have a hen. Anybody know what a hen is? It's a tough bird, and they had to cook it for a while and, and baste it and bake it for a while, like longer than you cook the turkey in my books. <laughs> and when she got done with him, he come out golden brown and butter was all over him and the juice. Yeah, it was a beautiful experience. Y'all know I love food. Um, the potato salad were, I mean, to perfection. Um Everything, the pies, the cakes, everything was done to perfection. Uh, see, or even sometimes the week before or so, she would make homemade banana pudding. And that was just, our family was just lovers of banana pudding. So different things, different traditions, you know, people do for their family during this time of year. Some people travel every year. Yeah. They travel and they go to a whole nother place. Some people travel to go to visit with family. Every year at Christmas, they look forward to it. It's the big time of year for them to go and spend time with closer, as they call it, close family members. But I can remember uh, having tangerines and oranges and apples and um, thumb quarts and and, uh. Christmas candy, the hot candy back in the day. Oh, it had so many beautiful colors. And um, I can remember uh, having fruit cake. I can remember having eggnog. Every girl, they, she did all of this for us. And so some Christmases, my oldest brother would get home from New York. And he went to school in, in Wildwood, New Jersey. But he moved to New York to work after school, and he would get home sometime. He wasn't home every time, but sometime. And when he was coming home, oh, it was a big to-do. Yeah, at Christmas. Uh, I can remember wrapping gifts, and 
like I said, we didn't have a whole lot, so my daddy didn't give us an allowance and say, well, hey, uh, here's $50 just buy gifts for anybody you want to. That's not the way it went. So, you know, I would look through things in my closet or in my drawers at home, in my bedroom, and if I found something new that I didn't use and wasn't going to use it, then I would wrap it and think of somebody to give it to. So we we just had many different um, things. My brother, he looked forward to getting new shoes at Christmas. Uh, what they call them, Converse. He wanted Converse's. So he looked forward to every year getting a pair of different Converse's. Uh, I can remember back during these times, we wore the Afros, y'all. And so he had a a nice size afro and he wanted a jean outfits, cream color, uh, navy blue, where today we call them indigo. And he would have these black and he would have these silk see-through t-shirts. And that's what he wore. And, and a boot, we called it a desert boot. Somebody know about this right here. I'm talking about back in the day. And so... These were outfits that he would wear for Christmas. Uh, they had clothes for men. They called them silk and wool. He would wear, you know, a silk and wool shirt with some dress slacks at Christmas. You know, because we didn't have to cook or basically do anything but eat. You know, we helped, my, well, I, you know, the girls helped clean the house. And, you know, she put up uh, winter drapes and wash windows and all this kind of stuff. But we didn't have to do no serious cooking or nothing. So we had time after she, you know, finished with our hair, we had time to bathe and get dressed and look cute for the day and, you know, go out, you know, with other kids. Let's see what you got for Christmas. Let's see what you got for Christmas. Yeah, and all this kind of stuff. And my mom, you know, she would make sure that, you know, she shared with us, listen, do not go out there showing these people what you got like you're rich. And like you're better than they are. Or if someone, you know, one of your friends didn't get something, don't go out there acting like, oh, well, you poor and pitiful, and I got it. Like, don't do all of that. She said, because kids can be mean sometimes. Yeah, I want y'all to go out being thankful. Yeah, that you were able to get whatever it is you wanted this year. Yeah, I had a doll uh, that you hold a hand and she would walk with you. Oh, I thought it was just amazing. <laughs> it was just a deal, you know. And I would have her by the hand, of, and she was a tall, almost as tall as I was when I was a girl, you know. And people would run up to her, you know, other children. Oh, let me see her. Hey, don't, don't, don't touch her. You might break her now. You like kids? Just don't touch my stuff. It's my stuff. Yeah, my brother, he would get trains and different things, you know put it on the floor and let it run around in the living room. Don't come in here. You can stand to the door and look at my train running. But don't come in here. You might break something. All this. <laughs> you know how kids are. They just something. And sometimes kids can be very selfish. Yeah. They can be selfish. And so they taught us about Christmas, and it was the celebration of Jesus' birth. But, you know, as children, you're not really focused there. You focus more on the gift and what I'm getting. 
Yeah, but they explained everything to us. And then if we said something, next year, my mom would say, it's not your birthday. It's the Lord's day. We set aside to celebrate his birth. So now let's think of what we're going to, all we're going to give God next year. Let, let's don't think on what we get. <laughs> it's not, December the 25th, it's not our birthday. And then guess what? She may have already cut a slice of cake in this past the, 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 the cake in on the saucer down the table because she was through. Now, let, let me hear you being selfish. I'm going to straighten it again. Yeah. But uh, we had a wonderful Christmas when we had basically nothing. Wonderful Christmas because it, the love was there. The parents loved their children. And many things I thought was mean, but when I look back on it today, I see that it was truly love, and they wanted to protect me and keep me safe, and they wanted me to be happy. But during that time, I couldn't see that, mean old people. I'm going to do what I want to do. They're just talking crazy, not to them, but to myself. I'm talking to myself because, you know, uh, back during those days, you were not able to just go and, and stand up in parents' face at my house, I'm going to put it, and just tell them what you know, how you really felt. <laughs> that was you that was something you didn't want to do. And we didn't see it as abuse. We saw it as discipline. If I do this, I know they're going to do that. If I do that, they're going to do this. I can remember one year, um, matter of fact, I believe it was coming up to uh the winter. I went and had all my hair cut off. I'm talking about I had a little teeny weeny Afro. Ooh, I got in big trouble for it. But sometimes kids test parents, even at the holidays. And some parents tell, okay, if you're not good, you're not getting nothing for Christmas. But they're not good and parents are still give them. That wasn't the case in our house. We knew. Oh, yeah, let me get on my best behavior. Christmas coming. Oh, I don't want to do that right there because Christmas it's coming. <laughs> and uh, if I do this, they are not going to bend the rule for me and I get anything close to what I want. Matter of fact, I got clothes and shoes. I would get stuff like that. But a toy or a doll, a tea set of my choice, no, you're not getting any of that. And when they started advertising all this stuff uh, on television, you know, different gadgets and gadgets, I was a gadget gadget person. That was just me. And I wanted it. Oh, they got the easy bake oven. Please, please, please can I have an easy bake oven for Christmas? It come with cake mix and frosting. It come with the pans, the bacon in, the measuring spoon, everything. Please, please. But I knew if I didn't behave, an easy bake. Now, you, you're not going to bake easy. Matter of fact, you're not baking nothing oh, that's come from TV. Commercial. A TV commercial, now you can forget that and anything else. You can eat all the food you want, all the desserts you want, but you will not get any gifts because you have not behaved. Now they pay the kids. Ooh, and they go crazy when they can't get these kids all these games they want. I want an Xbox. I, I want a square box. I want this. I want not, not in my house. Mm-mm. We're not bringing in all these different spirits up in the house. 
grown men won't go to work because they playing Xbox games and not in here. Life is real. It's not a game. And what I saw the other day on TV, the game that teach you how to rob people, a game. I'm like, what in the world? But the world has become wickeder and wiser. And we're still talking about old-time Christmas, our old-time Christmas. Some may not be as old as I am, but back in the day, the Christmas was much different than it is today. Yeah, I wouldn't buy my children games. They couldn't. If you wanted some kind of game, it would have to be a learning game. You you would have to master fractions. You would have to master uh, trigonometry. You would have to master something most people don't master. They barely get by. Yeah, you would have to master history. Yeah, I would give you some stuff. And then I come back and ask you questions about it so I know that you used it. Because most kids, if the gift is not interesting to them, they throw it over there in the corner and forget they even had it or offer to give it to somebody else. Sometimes parents have spent good money to bring you a good gift. But that's not what you wanted, so you don't particularly care for Bicycles and skates. I never did get the skates. I was afraid of them. So I didn't want to learn to skate. But now I did master the bicycle. I could ride that. Yeah. <laughs> I could even ride people on my handlebars. Yeah. And get them where I wanted them to go or where they asked me to take them safe and sound. Yeah. That kind of thing. But thinking back, uh, Back in the old days on those Christmas, even in the times that we didn't have a whole lot, we didn't get toys and gifts. We had a little food. Even during those times, when I look back, I tell God, thank you. Hallelujah. Because it could have been I had nothing. We all could have just died. Or we could have just lost our parents and we, the children, were left. But look what God did. He kept us together. Not only that, we had a, a meal. And so I'm thankful unto the Lord. Barbara, what did you get for Christmas? I got that bubbly macaroni and cheese my mama bring out the oven. What? So, yeah, she cooked the whole meal. Yeah, it was not, we didn't do the tradition of this year. And, you know, I, I was always uh, <laughs> a leader, not a follower. So, you know, I would tell them, like, we intentionally did this because we're so used to having the tradition of Christmas dinner. And we so used to celebrating Christmas with gifts and big meals and this, that, and the other until we, we just didn't do that this year. We did something different at my house. And they would be like, oh, yeah, when I knew we didn't have it. I can remember times when maybe we had bacon, syrup, and biscuits. That was the breakfast, that was your lunch, and that was what you had for dinner. All three meals, that's all we had. But we didn't grumble and complain. And then my dad, he would make things look bigger than it really was and better than it was because he would do things like roast sweet potatoes in the fireplace. And I'm like, 
it would amaze us, you know, that he could put the coals over the potatoes and didn't burn them up or nothing like that. It roasted them to perfection. And back during these days, real butter, real butter. Not what they give you today. The butter don't even want to melt in the microwave. Not that kind of butter, real butter. And so, you know, we had a lot of different good things. And so I'm thankful from a childhood. I'm thankful from a childhood uh, Christmases that God brought us through and he uh, blessed us to learn of him. Yeah. So that's what we want to do. We want to learn of him. We want to teach our children and grandchildren what the true season of Christmas means. God loved man so. Man come from a sinful nature. He can't behave himself. And when I say himself, I mean the generic term man or woman, boy or girl. We can't behave. So he sent us his son. Hallelujah. And not only his son, but listen, after his son come and taught and showed us the way to the father, God not just didn't stop just there. Then he sent us the Holy Ghost. It's a confidence. I, I, I can remember the time getting upset over some things and the Spirit of the Lord would come. Hey, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Ah, the Spirit of the Lord would come and comfort me. You don't have to concern yourself about vengeance, Barbara. Vengeance is mine. Hallelujah. You can be angry, but sin not, Barbara. Don't say nothing. Don't think nothing bad about it. Let it go quickly. Sometimes I may be having strong words with somebody, and he say, let it go. Now, if I let it go, he's going to continue to speak sometimes. He say, agree with your adversary quickly, Barbara, and let it go. Huh? Sometimes he may say, Barbara, a soft answer turneth away wrath. Lower your voice. Calm down. Speak softly to this person. And when, when it's all said and done, we agreed to, and, and a person will say something like this, this is what I was trying to get you to understand. <laughs> I said to myself, really? That's not what I heard. But the Spirit of God moved. So it turned out better. Hallelujah. He so loved us. He gave this son, his only begotten son. Again, if we believe on that son, we won't perish, but have everlasting life. And so I'm learning now. I take it to the Father. And Jesus pick it up. He takes it up, and he take it to the Father. And when I tell you I don't have to beg, and the Lord reminded me, I, I heard you the first time. He reminded me, you don't have to keep asking me for the same thing. And most times, I've given, I mean, he's given me what I asked for. And, I, you know, and I've had people say, well, why don't you ask for the house on, well, on the hill with the dog named Fluffy? He gave me my own. Well, why don't you, uh, because they want to see if it's true that God really gives give what I ask for. But I'm not asking for materialistic things. I'm not asking for the Bentley. You know, the Beamer. I'm not asking for the Humble. I'm not asking for all of the, the Lexus. 
Because what, what all of that supposed to talking to impress somebody? I'm asking for more of him. Teach me your way. Hey, glory. Help me to quickly forgive others. Help me to show your undying love, because his love will never die. Teach me your ways so that I can be helpful to somebody else. Help me not to judge others. Help me to walk according to your word. Give me a clean heart. Renew the right spirit within me. These prayers, these are my prayers, what I'm looking for. Because if I want all that other stuff, if I delight myself in him, he'll give me the desires of my heart. If I'll seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added. So he's adding to me the church to the church daily, me, such as should be. Not just the, the building or the baptism or on the altar being saved, but he do it for me individually. I'm his church. So he adds to me daily what should be added. I can remember waking up yesterday morning and, and, and sitting in the chair and talking to him. And then I, he showed me a video on my phone. And when I saw that video, the Spirit of the Lord touched me. And I had to begin to repent. Woo! Why? He began to show me me. Got to be careful. Now, some things he understand, I say, I do not mean I'm just talking. And he know me. And many times he'll be like, because he knows it. But when that thing comes from my heart, hey, wait a minute now, Barbara, Barbara, yeah. But it's the job of the Holy Ghost. It, it's the Holy Spirit job. And if we allow him to do his job, we will be all right in Jesus' name. Now, I don't, I don't walk around all day long, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Not all day long and all night long. Jesus, 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 uh-uh. But yet, I can keep my mind on him. At the drop of a hat, I can drop one of We can be laughing, having a good time. I hear him speak. I drop that right there and go to looking because I'm, I'm going to obey. I'm going to do what he said. Sometimes he said, just be quiet. And I'm going to tell y'all, God is faithful. Hey, thank you, Jesus. God is faithful. When I tell you it's time of celebration, not because of what we got, not because of who came. I have friends I've known over 20 years. I love them. They love me. And any time we can get together, they comment if I ask them. I asked her, I said, listen, I said, well, what would it take uh, to get you here for a certain holiday? She said, an invitation. <laughs> oh, that tickled me right quick. What are you talking about? Did you invite me? Did you ask me to come? You, you didn't ask me to come. I, I don't need you helping me to come. God going to see to that. You just ask me to come and I'll come. God is faithful to us. And he's looking for us to be faithful unto him. Again, he said it. I didn't say it now. You can hold it against me. But I wasn't there when he inspired man to write it again this morning. But I believe it. We can ask him. And knowing he heard us the first time. Ask him and then trust him. Ask him and believe. Ask him and let go. 
Ask him and have the patience to wait on him. He's doing it. Because this morning, God has spiritual blessings with our name on it. Not just materialistic things, because we chase after foolishness. But I learned to be careful with my money. I'm just not spending it on anything and any old body either. I'm learning to hold on. And I noticed, uh, y'all, the Shantae noticed <laughs> So I can't notice it. I'm not guilty of spending money like she probably <laughs> thought I was. I see her looking at me one day. What, mama? Yeah. <laughs> the Lord leading God in all things, if you will allow him to. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I said, now I hope she don't think I'm rich or something. Now. And uh, cut the financial blessings off because y'all know she'll take care of mama. Oh, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. But I seen her looking like, oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I thank God for it. She said she was fussing. Oh, goodness, I done come home. And she got this here and she got that. And I, I want it like this. And this not the way it should be. But then the Lord showed her, oh, you going to get angry because I'm blessing your mama? You angry because she blessed? She said she had to back up and repent. Yeah, y'all forgive me for laughing, but it's funny because I know her. But I thank God that he is able, even through his word. And I, I'm telling you, he speaks to all of us. But maybe we're just not accustomed to opening those spiritual ears so we can hear what the spirit have to say to us, the church. God speaks to all of us. It don't make me something big and the whoop they do because God speak to me, even the gift, because he gave me many gifts. He gave me the gift of giving, the gift of love, the gift of caring, Ooh, and that gift of giving. People chase after the gift of prophecy. I know y'all heard me say this many times. They chase after the prophets, the seers. Oh, they hear from God. They chase after these people. But if you became a giver, a true giver from your heart, honey, the blessings would overtake you. You, you wouldn't have to chase the prophet or prophet is down, praying and hoping they got a word for you. He gave us 66 books of his word. If we can study it and apply what we study, the lesson he give us, apply that to our everyday life and be a cheerful giver. God, God will bless you beyond your wildest imagination. I have gone in to take a test and prayed the prayer of faith. Because I was a cheerful giver, I feel the spirit of the Lord moving for you this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for all you've done already. Father, you woke us up closed in our right minds. You gave us the use and activity of our limbs, our life, our health, and our strength. We're grateful unto you in this moment of celebration unto you. Father, we want to talk of your wondrous works. Make known your deeds among the people. For God, you so loved us, Jehovah, that you sent this time. And in celebration of what you said to your people this morning, we tell you thank you. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. Oh, we thank you right now. We thank you for this great gift that you've given unto us. 
We thank you for the spirit of the Holy Ghost. You've given this unto us. He's our friend as well. Hallelujah. And Father, we come this morning asking that God, you would help us to hear when the spirit is speaking to us. Help us to keep our spiritual ear open so that we can hear. And what we hear, Lord, help us to obey it because it will work together for our good in the name of Jesus. We love you this morning. And Lord, you called us all. You didn't choose us all, but you called us all. You saved us all. You drew us unto you. And unless you draw, Father, we can't come. Oh, we thank you this morning. We give you an offering of thanksgiving. We give you an offering of praise. We give you an offering of worship this morning. And Father, we give you our hearts and minds today uh, in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Fix our hearts. Regulate our minds today in you, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Father. Without you, we can do nothing. We thank you this morning. Thank you for what you've done already. Thank you for what you're doing right now. And Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. We give you glory today. Hallelujah. We give you honor, for there's none like you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is resting in here. And every night, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and then, I can feel the presence. Hey, thank you. Thank you today, God. We thank you. Can't help but tell you thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. I'm grateful to him. Oh, I thank him. <laughs> I thank him this morning. There's none like him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The songwriter said, make us over. Hallelujah. Wash us clean. Wash us again. Yeah, forgive us, Lord, for all our sins and wrongdoings, our wrong thoughts, our wrong speakers, our wrong feelings. Hallelujah. Though our sins be as scarlet, Father, we ask that you would wash us as white as snow. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness and give us a clean heart, oh God. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, and renew the right spirit within us this day. We love you, Father. We give you glory. We give you the honor. Father, we give you the praise. There's none like you. All we got is thank you. All we got is praises unto you. Hallelujah. But, Father, you've been more than good to us. You look beyond our fault and yet met our needs over and over again. Oh, you sent us unexpected blessing, unexpected. Father, you give us more than uncommon miracles, uncommon favor. You give us uncommon blessings, and we thank you for it this day. Put people in our lives, God, that's a blessing to us. Some don't have much to give or nothing to give, but they pray that you would keep me safe, that you would keep me blessed, that you would bless my family. And I'm thankful for each and every life you sent my way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Oh, I'm grateful to him. Listen, y'all, I have a friend. And does uh, she go to church? I mean, faith. Don't get it twisted. Now, she going to be in church on Sunday. I don't know where you going to be. <laughs> and if you hanging out with her, she going to be in church. But that through the week, she gets the regular self. And so, uh, she can be real mean, and then every now and then, you know, we come together. But when we come together, now we get it together. And because sometimes she remembered I've been calling her and calling her. She could pick the phone up and call me. And I'm like, I'm busy. Oh, now, sister, you can call somebody. Now, I'm busy. I'm trying to tell you. She don't want to take that. She don't want to hear uh, no for an answer. But listen, let me tell y'all something. It's a great thing to have people who love you, truly, genuinely love you. And so I know God put me back with this person, and she showed real love. I'm telling you the truth. And some days I just be amazed. And if I'm if I'm going over there and hang out, she'll cook the walls down just because I'm over there. That will help me to stay longer if she cooked for me. And she can cook. Oh, yes, she can. Oh, my goodness. And can bake. And I encourage her. You know, because I get compliments all the time on the groceries. That's no big thing. And, and I'm sure she does, too. But I really go all out, you know, to let her know. I appreciate it. We've been going to Fourth Sunday Fellowship. And I, I think I had left from one church and went to another one. I was going to my church because that's where the fellowship was going to be this particular Sunday. And uh, she said, oh, yeah, I got a, I got a plate for you. I'm like, glory to you, God. Because I hadn't cooked that, you know, and I was hungry. And uh, <clears throat> y'all, excuse me, didn't have time to eat. And then she going to tell me, hey, I don't like you. I said, okay. <laughs> and don't think I love you because I made you a plate of food. I said to myself, okay, then it's all right. So every now and then I tell her that. I said, oh. Uh, I gave you this and that, but don't think I like it. I said, because I don't. <laughs> and uh, when you do this and that, I said, that don't mean I love you. She said, oh, okay, I got you these. <laughs> and, go <right. laughs> and go right on about her business. Like I do when she talk all kind of stuff to me, I go right on about my business. Then the next time God bring us together. And you had to know in, in a season like this, you want me over there. Come on by, swing on through. I said, I'm going to try to swing on through tomorrow, but I have gifts. I have this. I have that that I'm doing. I'm cooking. Yeah, but still, just swing on through. Because if I swing through now, she's going to fix it. I don't need all that food. What, what did you give me? I, I got plenty. Take this with you. Yeah. Well, you can freeze this and have this for later. A friend, a good friend. Anybody know what that is? We don't hang together every day. We don't see each other all the time. But when God bring us together, it's a good time. And I know how to make a laugh. Oh, I have a role in that phone. Because everybody can't make a laugh because people make a sick, she said. Oh, they just make me sick. <laughs> oh, goodness. But I've known a lot of years. And most people I deal with, I've known them for a while now. Yeah, Irene. Irene been coming a while. Thank you, too, Irene. I've been busy cooking for three days, so thank you so much. 
Sister Dorothy Goodman. I've known Dot a few years now, more than a few. Yeah. Dot came and listened one time and kept coming and, and told me one day, I don't know how I found, I don't know how I found you. I know how you found me. God sent you. She was coming up to retirement not too long after that. And she told me about her retirement and everything. She just liked me from the jump, as they say, from the beginning. So I'm thankful to the Lord. Introduced me to the daughter, the granddaughter, and her husband. And we all became a wonderful family and a wonderful set of friends. And I, her, I favored uh, her daughter's husband, her son-in-law. She favored much more than I do. Oh, he can do no wrong in her eyes. And he became my buddy. Yeah, very likable man, very humble, very nice, very kind, can fix basically anything. He don't talk a lot, but when he do, he got something to say. And he loved the Lord, and that's a beautiful thing, my buddy. Yeah, that Pastor David, that's what I'm talking about, y'all. <laughs> and he be on here talking, and she be telling me, oh, look at my baby. Oh, listen to my honey. I said to myself, that's your baby, honey. That's my buddy. And I hear what he said, and it blesses me. And God has sent him uh, to give me well wishes. And the spirit, as he's talking, the spirit of the Lord fell. And I went off into praise, and it blessed me. Because, see, when the praises go up, the blessings of God is coming down. And if you're not ashamed to praise him, then go ahead and praise him. And watch what he does. Watch the blessings flow. Yeah, sometimes it's in the praise. Sometimes it's in the worship. Yeah, I've, I've come out of a trial through the praise and through the worship. We're going to do something early this morning. God bless you, Brother Anthony. God bless you this morning. And I think my goddaughter Laura coming through. Yeah, from Philadelphia. Uh, beautiful, just beautiful for no reason. Hey, God, Mama, with that northern accent. Yeah. God, Mama, you doing the show tomorrow? Uh-huh. I'll be right here. Yeah. If she don't hear from me, she going to say something uh, to me that makes sure I'm all right. Yeah, I love that Laura and Mr. Mason and Miss Devon and the other children. I think she got two more boys, if I'm not mistaken. And we keep them in prayer, keep them lifted up before the Lord. Intercessors, I'm going to ask y'all to pray for Ibenia. What does say, Ivy, Dalo? Nikki and Miss Virginia. I'm going to ask y'all to keep them lifted in prayer and ask the Lord to touch and heal in Jesus' name. They say, I got the baddest intercessors that ever prayed. I said, y'all need to stop. They like, oh, them intercessors, they no joke. No, they're not. Yeah, they pray day and night. And as soon as I drop a request to them, they get on it. Yeah, one might be slow, but the other one will pick it right up. And then all on Facebook, these intercessors, they come together and they begin to pray. Uh, one lady said, well, how can I do you can't? You can't get in touch with them. They were assigned to me. Yeah, pray for yours. Just pray. God will give you some. These were assigned to me. And uh, I thank God for them. I thank God that when they pray, not only he hear, but he answer. Yeah, even my goddaughter, Laura, is an intercessor. Yeah. That's my God mama. Like, oh, my goodness. I said, hey, God, baby. Hey, God, mama. <laughs> she, oh, wow. Yeah. And she love a God, mama. And I thank God for Laura. And don't let her get 50 cents because she going to make sure mama 
at least get a nickel or a dime out to fifty something, five dollars a quarter something. Yeah, that's the way she rolled. And so I thank God for her. Hallelujah. Dear Merry Christmas to everybody. We're doing a, a Christmas show of 2023. And I'm talking about many different things and sharing different testimonies. And as the Spirit of the Lord come upon them, I'm, I, I got to praise him. I can't help myself. Yeah, I got to let go and let him have his way. And he deserved the praise. Hallelujah. Yes, he does. Listen, this morning, if you have a testimony and you want to share, feel free to press that number one and come in. Today, you can call 619-639-4609. Again, the number is 619. That's the area code. 639. First three numbers. 4609. Last one number. Call that number, press the number one, and come in. Because I know some people just sit back and listen. <laughs> Y'all excuse me. But, um, and then sometimes people uh, sit back and listen. They don't want you to know that they're here, you know. And then sometimes people come to critique what you said or what you're doing. Whatever their reason is for coming, I tell God I thank him for it. Yeah, he is a wonderful Savior. And uh, we give him glory, we give him honor, and we give God the praise. But there's none like him. And we can search all over, but we won't find nobody. Nobody greater than Almighty God. This year, I want to share for Christmas, uh, the wolf is at the door. Because we need to constantly be reminded of this and gird up the loins of our hearts and mind in Jesus. And apply his word to our everyday life. We need to walk according to his word. It don't make us better than no one else. And we haven't arrived. We, we, we just haven't stepped right off into heaven. But we're grateful unto him. Hallelujah. So we thankful. We thankful this morning. Listen, we're going to one more. And then when we come back, we, we're coming back with the wolf. Is at the door, unless somebody have a testimony. All right, I got you, 907. Good morning. God bless you. How are you? Good morning, Mama. God bless you. I am so happy that it is Christmas. I don't even know what to do. I want to say Merry Christmas to all the listeners, all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. God bless you in the name of Jesus. And uh, this is a wonderful day. This is a fantastic day, and I thank God for Jesus because he is the reason for the season. And so I just wanted to pop on really quickly. Mama, you've been telling me for years and years and years and years and years, you need to check your mail. Stop going so long without checking your mail. You need to check your mail. And I was like, okay, I know, Mama, I'm going to check my mail. But I've heard you say many a time that God will bless you in any manner of your life. You never know the method. But just be open to it. And so the other day, I was checking my mail. And, you know, I was ashamed to come and tell you, Mom. But I was checking my mail. And it's a great testimony unto the Lord that he is a way maker. He is a miracle maker, a way maker. And I checked the mail, and I had an unexpected check. And I'm telling you, I almost passed out. I almost passed out. And so I said, look at God. And so he moved swiftly. And with me, I don't care. If it's two, two pennies, two dollars, I'm gonna pay tithes and offerings. 
all them two pennies and all them two dollars. And so uh, I, I was blessed to be able to pay tithes and offerings off of the first fruit of every increase, everything, uh, with my time, with, with, you know, that unexpected check. And so I just wanted to tell God thank you because I, I really, I had no idea. And when I tell you that for a long time I was like, I don't know, something's not right. I was like, I feel these people owe me money, and they're just not giving it to me. And I would call them and tell them and call them and tell them, and they would ignore me. And lo and behold, last week I got an unexpected check in the mail. It wasn't even on my radar, but God, that goes to show you, if you focus on the things of God and just let things go, he will take it up, and he will move on our behalf. So the Lord has done so many things. And I can't even tell it all, so I don't want to take up the entire show, but I just wanted to encourage people today to check your mail. <laughs> check your mail and pray. And uh, whatever the whatever increases you get with finances, always remember God, and, and he'll, he'll show you who he is. If you're faithful in paying your tithes and offerings and being a blessing to the men and women of God and helping someone that needs food or a ride or anything, into anything that you give of yourself, God will not owe us. And so I want to just publicly declare that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light, and I thank God for my relationship with him. Not that it's in perfection, but it is in the process. Uh-huh. It's in the process, and I think it's a lifelong process. And so I tell God thank you, and I love everybody, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful and happy Merry Christmas to y'all. Okay. God bless you. Now, i I got to go back and just vamp on that just a second. And then, Sister Irene, I'm coming right at you. The same day I had fussed, as we was pulling up to the post office, I was fussing. I said, well, I got to go uh, mail this package off. As a matter of fact, Sister Dot, I was mailing you a package. And I said, um, you could check the mail. She had a look on her face, you know. I went on in there to mail. I used the, the kiosk, I think it's what you call the mail the package, you know. And I went on in there to mail the package. She went on around there and checked the mail. Well, when she come out, she went on out the door, and then she came back. You need help, Mama. And that was this little uh, Asian lady there, and she was so friendly. And uh, then she said, oh, I got something to tell you, Mama. Oh, when you get done mailing this package, check your mail, ladies and gents. If you prayed, not about the mailbox, not, not even about unexpected blessings, but if you prayed, check that mail. If you want to be blessed by God, if you never ask God for anything, nothing hurts to check your mail because God has sent many unexpected blessings financially through the mail to me. I never expected the insurance company. To, I never expected uh, uh, what these people, Wells Fargo owed me some money. I never expected this and that. But God used the United States Postal Service to bring me my blessing to my mailbox. Yeah. And he could have used the angels to bring it. But it just come in the form of a letter that the postal service sent through someone you know. God is faithful. He's able. Again, this morning, the earth is his, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Hallelujah. All right, Sister Irene, I am coming at you right now. Good morning. God bless you. How are you? Yeah, good morning. God bless you. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's a day to celebrate. I've, I've got a Christmas poem 
it's about celebrating Jesus' birth, but also remembering that he'll come back. Can I read that? Yes, please. It, it was the night before Jesus came, and all through the house, not a person was praying. The Bible was left on the shelf without care. No one thought Jesus would come there. The children were dressed to crawl into bed, not once ever kneeling or bowing their head. And Mum, in the rocking chair, babe in her lap, was watching the late show as I took a nap. Then out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash. I tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. Then what to my wandering eyes should appear? But angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. The light of his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning, just like he'd said. And though I possessed worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw him in spite of myself. In the book of life, which he held in his hand, was written the name of every saved man. He spoke not a word as he searched for my name. Then he said, it's not there. My head hung in shame. The people whose names had been written with love, he gathered to take to his father above. With those who were ready, he rose without sound, while the others were left all standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I'd waited too long, and thus sealed my fate. I stood and cried as they rose out of sight. Oh, if I'd only known that this was the night. In the words of this poem, the meaning is clear. The coming of Jesus is now drawing near. There's only one life, and then comes the last call. You'll find that the Bible was true, after all. And I, I pray, Father God, we prepare our hearts for your coming. You are the vine and we are the branches. Come and tend us, prune us, cleanse us, and discard in us everything that does not bear fruit, but nourish in us everything that does bear fruit. As we celebrate your coming as a little baby, our hearts await your glorious return as the eternal king. Please, Father God, give us expectant hearts. Cultivate in us a deep longing for more of you. Until that day, may you come again. For yours, Lord, is the kingdom and the power and the glory throughout all ages and generations. Amen. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you again. And I, and I thank God for you. My cookies on me. Thank God for you. Shante, in your fooling with me, y'all. Okay. Okay, Shante. I got something for her. Don't worry about it. You know, I carry the spoon for her. Don't worry, don't worry. And a back scratcher when we're in the house. But anyway, I thank God for that poem, Irene. That was very nice. Very nice. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. 
and I thank God for poem writers because sometimes it's a wonderful thing. I, I remember uh, writing a poem and going to the poetry. I mean, the yeah, the poet, the poetry. What was it? Poetry. Y'all know I forget some poetry slam, and I read my poem, and they thought it was just wonderful. Gave me a clap, and I was like, oh, that's so kind and sweet of them. Because I'm, I'm, I'm know the point wasn't all of that, but they really enjoyed it, and you know they really encouraged me uh, to keep going. So I encourage you, Irene, to read poems. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. So yeah, the studio is open at any time. You can press that number one and come in. We just moving right along this morning, and uh, I wanted to go to this song, and uh, when we come back, we're still coming back to talk about. Christmas uh, celebration, 2023, and the old uh, time back in the day, how you celebrated your Christian, I mean your Christian, your Christmas as a child or as an adult or once you had children, how did you do your Christmas with your children? And what's the difference you see in that and today or when you was a child and today? Yeah, it'll make a difference where you start. Yeah, how far back you go or I, you know, soon, you know, it, it makes no difference. Just share what you feel. We're going to do Mary, did you know? 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What their name? Uh, Pentonic, I think it's the name. Yeah, I think that's pentonics. And Mary, did you know? So we're going to take a listen to The Wolf is at the Door this morning. And I think the church needs to hear this more and more. And I don't think he's just at the door anymore. I think the wolf has come inside the house of God. He has come into the church and been there a long time. Because the Antichrist has been here. It, it didn't just come uh, yesterday, and you know, we just hearing about the Antichrist, but it's been here a long time. So I think the wolf has come inside. The enemy has come inside the doors of the house of prayer, and he get in where he can fit in. If if the pastor would let him uh, rule and reign, well, then he down for it. If the membership will allow him to rule and reign, he's down for that too. Uh, he get in the finance committee. Uh, he'll get on the usher board. Uh, he just get in where he can fit in. Wherever people will allow him to be, this is where he will come. He'll come into your home. He will use your children. Yeah, he's that kind. And and the, the sad part about it is we don't watch as well as pray. And we don't do things that we can do. But what we do is we looking for God to do it all. He said, delight yourself in him. He'll give you the desire. We don't want to delight. I'm watching my favorite show. We got kind of delight in him right now. I'm not going in no prayer closet praying. I'm going to watch sisters or whatever Tyler Perry put together. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to take uh, this extra hour I got in study. I'm going to find something to do. I've heard people say, that, oh, I got to find something to do. No, you don't. You, you got plenty to do. It takes more than running to the building to come at the church. It takes more than that. We are the church. We are the walking church. We walk around and represent God daily, those that he has drawn to him, those that say, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God. I'm the saint, you know, of God. Come on, saints, yeah. We, we, we got stuff we need to be doing, and we need to study and apply that word. Yeah, the songwriter said, I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days. And some sleepless nights. <laughs> but when I look around in my early morning voice, and I think things over. Mm. All of my good days, hallelujah, outweigh my bad days. I, I won't complain. Now, that's what he said. He said, God, God has been good to me. He didn't say man, the job, the supervisor. He, 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 
Goodman. Better than this old world or anyone else could ever be. God's been so good to me. Look what he did. He dried all of my tears away. Anybody ever cried? In the, it didn't have to be late night. You cried leaving the job when they fired you. Huh? You cried when you couldn't be approved by credit to get this. Anybody ever cry because they hurt your feelings? Somebody said, your husband left home. He hurt. Your wife left. She all of my tears away. But look what he did in spite of all of that. Turn my midnight in today. <laughs> Ooh, December the 25th, 2023. I just want to say thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I, I won't complain. Hallelujah. We need not complain. We need not fret. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there with him. Don't go and pray and take it back with you now. He heard you the first time. Leave your burdens over there. Pray the prayer of faith and let it go. But now if you go, if you can't pray the prayer of faith, you're better off. Just keep sitting around thinking about it. Keep sitting around worrying with it. Keep sitting around being over-concerned about it. Because all of those are sinful things you're doing. Because if we are going to believe God, we got to do it 100%. Yes, I'm getting a new truck. I can go ahead and tell you. I'm getting a new truck. If I applied on Christmas Day, I would be approved in the morning. I'm getting a new truck. Yeah, because I want one. I don't need a BMW, but I'm going to tell you, I saw that Cadillac. That SUV Cadillac, and I want it. But I prefer a Toyota, <laughs> so that's, that may be what I get. Uh, see, uh, I may just go on and get me a 2024 Toyota RAV4. Yeah, that's what I like. I would like to drive on it now. I, it, it's a little cut rough, but I like it. And uh, it's like that because you can go up in bushes and, you know, up a mountain and all of that, but God is faithful, you see? I've been holding, waiting. Okay, Lord, give me the approval because if you give it to me, you got to make the payments. I can't. If you give it to me. Yeah. I feel the spirit of the Lord this morning in a special way for all of us because, you know, I don't believe he's just going to bless me and not bless you. I believe he's going to bless us all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Irene, I see you getting around a little bit more, but I'm going to need you to take it easy. Don't don't try to do too much too quick, but I see you going further, doing more things. Yeah, enjoying yourself because he gave us a life and we can enjoy this life. And I'm thankful unto him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's go to the wolf is at the door and take a listen. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to come back with the studio open. Y'all come in and say something. It's Christmas. We say Merry Christmas, but do we really mean it? Yeah. So if we really mean it, let's don't just sit back and let everybody else do what they want to do. Let's be a part of it. Hallelujah. If you don't do nothing, say good morning, Miss Barbara. Good morning, everybody. And that's all I wanted to say is just Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah, that's good enough right there. But we're going in with the wolf is at the door. 
My message is entitled, The Wolf is at the Door. The Wolf is at the Door. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. I thank you, Lord, for the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit that gives us new hearts, Lord, so that we can stretch out beyond our limitations and be ambassadors of you and your word to all who can still hear. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit. I thank you for courage and compassion today. God, to speak things that need to be spoken in this generation. Help us, Lord, as a church, never to back away from truth. Help us to go forward and let it fall where it may. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. The wolf is at the door. Isaiah chapter 53. Prophet Isaiah says these words. Who has believed our report? Beginning at verse 1. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Mm-hmm. And by his stripes we are healed. Mm-hmm. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, it's, it's so important before we even begin to look at this passage of Scripture to understand that it was a religious system that crucified Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we understand that the Roman authorities were the instruments of his death, but it was the religious order of the day created by God's own people that put the Son of God on a cross. There were leaders in that generation, and they had, they had used their position over the people to garner titles for themselves. They had adorned themselves in righteous robes as they saw it, and they, they loved to parade among the people, as Jesus said, and be called master, teacher, teacher, teacher in the marketplace. But Jesus himself came in a form that he did not take on this form of grandeur that men give to themselves. And also, too, they created a system of salvation that was much wider and much more inclusive than the one that God had given to us. Matter of fact, it was so narrow that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. They were so offended when he challenged their religious system because they had had created this wide door into eternal life and eternal bliss with God that doesn't exist. All kinds of people were coming into the temple defiled and going out defiled. They were living in manners and ways that the Bible clearly indicated would leave them excluded from the kingdom of God forever. And so in comes this man. He's not interested in their system. He's not trying to garner one of their titles. He's not doing things their way. The Bible says there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. 
He's not dressed in righteous robes. He's, he's not got boxes on his forehead. He's not walking around with tassels on his arms. He's not parading like some rooster before the people, talking about how close to God he actually is. They despised him and rejected him because he challenged the religious system. They had created a system of redemption that did not exist. Do you understand? And that's the propensity of humankind. The original sin in the Garden of Eden is that we can be as God is. Remember, we can, we can become judges of what's good and what's evil. And if you take that to its logical extension, we can start declaring things that are, that are God forgives when he doesn't. We can start declaring behaviors righteous when they're not. We can start telling people they're going to heaven when they aren't. That is the grave, grave danger of religion. When humankind in its sin nature is allowed to take it and so twist it and so pervert it that it becomes something that God never intended it to be. Can you imagine sitting in a place as a professed or supposed believer in Christ only to end up at the throne of God one day to find out you've been outside the whole thing all along? What a tragedy that's going to be for so many. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. There was a, a heaviness in the heart of the Son of God as he looked on the people as sheep without a shepherd. But we hid our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And we are, of course, reliving the scripture again in great measure in our day. In many, many places, even where God's people are gathering, the word of God is despised. And we are now gravitating to fancy preachers who have opened the door real wide to people who are not going to heaven, giving them false peace when they're not at peace with God. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5:17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things are what passed away, and behold, all things are become new. If, if we are in Christ, if Christ is in us, that means a new value system. It means a new heart. It means a new mind. It means a new way of speaking, thinking, living. It means that what God says is good is good, and what God says is evil is evil. We don't try to change that. We accept that from the Word of God. Now, this message is given to shepherds to bring us not only to the knowledge of our salvation, but to the freedom which Christ bought for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his beating, as it is, that he took on the cross, we are healed. The old things don't have power over us anymore unless we choose to let them. The old ways of living, speaking, thinking, doing are broken. And we become new creations in Christ. We are able to look back and say, thank God I'm not what I used to be. I'm not everything that I hoped to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. And thank God I'm going to be one day what Christ is calling me to be. So there's this constant moving forward in the life of a genuine believer. Leaving an old way of thinking, an old way of living, an old way of speaking. And moving to truth even when it's painful. The book of Proverbs says a righteous person swears to their own hurt and doesn't change. In other words, I say I'm going to do this and I do it because God's word says I should even if it causes me pain. And I don't turn from it. Now Paul was this kind of a shepherd. He, 
he didn't hold back, as I said earlier. This is what he said in Acts chapter 20, verses 26 to 31. He said, therefore, I testify to you this day, I'm innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, and this is the cry of my heart. If anyone here today, hearing my voice, ends up in hell, let it not be my fault. Let it never be because I didn't declare to you the whole counsel of God, or I didn't warn you of something that had the power to drag you down into eternal darkness. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Paul says, For this I know, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone, he said, day and night with tears. Paul said there's going to be wolves that are going to come and they're all already, there's packs of them now. It's not just a few, there's many now in our generation. And they're going to come to devour the sacrifice of Christ and the promise of new life through him. They're going to promise you liberty, as the scripture says in the New Testament, but they themselves are the slaves to corruption. They're promising something they, they're not experiencing themselves and they can't deliver it. Listen to what Jude says, the last book of the New Testament before the book of the Revelation. Verse 3 says, Behold, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality, and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Here's what the wolves do. They teach that you can live a lifestyle against the word of God and still claim heaven as your eternal home. That is the wolf that's now at the door of the Christian church in America. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be, do not be deceived. Mm -hmm. Neither fornicators. Mm -hmm. That means people who engage in sexual intercourse outside of the bonds of marriage between one man and one woman. Yes, Fornicators are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Settle it. It's in the word of God. Don't be deceived into thinking you can live in a moral lifestyle and heaven will still be your home. So hard for this generation to hear. 
when you've got preachers standing in pulpits saying, well, God understands your need and God is a God of love and God won't send anybody to hell. No, that's not true. God is a God of love. We know that. But the Bible tells us that fornicators have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Nor idolaters, people who have other loves in there. Something that is in your life that, that is, is, is your whole obsession. Churches or Christ is just a little part of your life, but there's something else in your life that you're pursuing. Nor adulterers, people who engage, who are married, but engage in... You know, today we take words like adultery and we call it an extramarital affair, as if it's a black tie event. You know, you are invited to an extramarital affair next Friday at 5 o'clock. Bible calls it adultery. Adultery. Settle it. Deal with it. The sex outside of marriage will keep you outside of the kingdom of God. And sex outside of the bonds of the person that you are married to, the, wife, the man or woman you're married to, will also keep you outside of the kingdom of God, unless it's repented of. Nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. In other words, that's both, men and women. Folks, listen. I understand the dilemma, in a sense, uh, that some might face in same-sex attraction. But I'm telling you, you can't give in to that lifestyle on any level. Because the Bible clearly says it will leave you outside the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself said some people are eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. In other words, some people just live their lives without any sexual activity for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And he said, whoever can hear this, let them hear it. You know, you can, you go to a funeral, for example. And you can dress it up with flowers all around, and you can, there's a death certificate. And the preacher can get up and say nice words. But the reality is that the corpse is still dead. You can't make it live. It doesn't matter what you do. And it's the same with homosexual marriage, folks. I've got to say it straight out today. I'm not going to hold back on it. You can adorn it with flowers. You can get a certificate from City Hall. You, you can find some backslidden preacher to say nice words about it. But the wages of sin is still death. You can't change that. Now listen, I'll be called a hater for, for this message today. I understand that. But I'm not a hater. If I hated you, I'd let you go to hell. If I hated you, I'd let you die in your sin. If I walk down the street and your house is on fire and you're up in your bedroom window and I don't warn you, am I really a good neighbor? Do I really love you? Do I really care about your eternal destinies? You can curse me out of your bedroom window all you want, but I will still warn you that your house is on fire for your soul's sake. Nor thieves. Lest we should think that we're just going to focus on one thing. Nor thieves. That means people who steal. It's that simple. People who steal. People who steal a little. They have a contract maybe and steal a little bit more than they should. Income tax time is coming around, folks. Are you going to pay your taxes? <laughs> nor covetous. Nor drunkards. People who come to church this morning, but you were out at a club last night. 
You're drinking and dancing and, and this foolishness. I'm out there to share the testimony of Christ. Who are you kidding? If you really are there to do that, stand on the sidewalk with pamphlets in your hand and give it to the drunks coming out of the club. You don't need to be in there with them. No revilers. You know, especially in, in this environment we're now living in, in this country at this time, where reviling has is is, is become the speech of the day, where it's, it's fashionable just to curse everybody around you. You know, Paul said revilers don't inherit the kingdom of God. We have a different heart. We have a different spirit. We're, we're a different kind of people. Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I love that. Would be to God that I can honestly say that of everybody here today. Such were some of you. But you are sanctified. That means you are set apart for the kingdom of God. You are, you, 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 you honestly repented. You walked away. You moved away from what God's word says is wrong. You can't make it right. You can't change it. It doesn't matter if a million people say, oh, isn't this wonderful? If God's word says it's not, it's not. You are sanctified. You walked away. You walked away from these old ways of thinking, these old behaviors and all of these things. And you set yourself apart for the kingdom of God. You're justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now you and I are living in an hour where the wolf is heading to the door of the church. Demanding in our generation that we bow down to this new definitions of good and evil. This is where we're living. The days of being able to say without penalty what I'm saying today are are over if they're not if they're not over they're very close to over it's an amazing time that we're now living in jesus said in john chapter 10 i am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep but a hireling who is not the shepherd one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep this is the point there's a lot of hirelings and a lot of pulpits in america today and they're, they're they don't necessarily leave the people but they leave biblical truth they flee the truth when the wolf is at the door when the wolf says if you don't bow down this is our golden statue this is what this generation is going to look like this is what you'll preach these are the truths that you will espouse they will bow down when the music plays to save themselves because it's always been about themselves not about the people the hireling will flee and you will you are seeing and you will see a huge departure from biblical truth in the Christian church in this last hour we're living in. The Bible declares that there's going to be an apostasy, a great falling away in the last days from biblical truth. And the hirelings will lead the people, not into the narrow way of eternal life, but into that broad way of destruction. And they flee because it's always done about them. It's been about the robes. It's been about the praises of man. It's been about the titles. It's been about the numbers. It's been about the apparent evidences of success. Then when Christ comes and challenges them, they hate him. His own system hated him. His own people hated him. 
They pushed him away because he declared their definitions of salvation and truth to be bankrupt. He told them they were full of dead men's bones. He said, you go across land and sea to get one convert and you make him twice the child of hell that you've become. These are the words of Christ. He warned us in the last days there would be a great falling away. He warned us. He said, you're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You can't escape that. That's a promise in the word of God. We're going to be hated. It's starting now. You're seeing it in society. You're seeing it in the workplace. You can't even have an opinion on things anymore in this generation that we're now living in. Let me say it clearly now. Abortion. For the cause of birth control. Or, or so that pe- I understand there are extenuating circumstances. So please don't misquote me on this. But for the cause of just birth control. Or for the cause of having sexual pleasure. And not having to deal with the life that it can create. Is sin. In the sight of a holy God. It's a terrible sin in the sight of a holy God. In America today. The deliberate. Gender confusing of our children in grade school is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our high schools, forbidding our children to pray and creating this fictitious division between the state and the church, which doesn't exist. If you really study it, you'll understand it never existed. It was created by the godless. Forbidding our children to pray in our schools is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our colleges, allowing godless professors to rise up and mock God and radicalize a whole generation against even their own nation that was founded by God for the purpose of being able to worship according to the word of God and freely by conscience is sin in the sight of a holy God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So let this society despise him. Let them consider him ordinary. Let them rebel against his words. But this day, as Joshua once said, if it be hard to follow the Lord, that's your choice. Choose this day. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By the grace of God, we will not bow before the wolf in this generation. By the grace of God, we will stand for the truth of God. By the grace of God, we will pray again. We will pray again as a church age. By the grace of God, we will stand up unashamed for the truth of Jesus Christ. We stand on the side of victory. We stand on the side. We stand on the side of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory.
And as uh, David the king once did, we will stand in this generation against the lion and the bear and everything that comes in to devour our children and to devour the people of God. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up. It's time for the people of God to fight back. It's time for us to begin to pray. It's time to run for public office. It's time for teachers to speak. It's time. It's time for the people of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Glory, 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 glory. The true shepherds of God in this generation are going to care more for the people than for their own safety. More than our own reputation. It's not going to be an easy road. But I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up this generation to darkness. I'm going to stand because the word of God stands forever. The opinions of men are like grains of sand on the seashore. They'll fall into nowhere. But the word of God abides forever. Now here's where I conclude. If you're living in sin, I plead with you, while there's still time, turn. Turn from it. And trust God for the strength. I know there's some sitting here or listening online or they're in the annex and they say, you don't know how deep the bondage is. You don't know how powerful the draw is no I don't but I know the spirit of God is more powerful than all of that put together and I know the promise of God is that we will have a new life an eternal life the days of living in Christian ease is over in America folks it's over we're about to join our brothers and sisters in China and other places who are being persecuted for what they believe. In Iran, who are being jailed and put to death for believing in Christ. We've lived a very comfortable, very lazy Christianity in America, but those days are over. The wolf is now at the door. Pray for those of us who lead in any capacity that God will give us courage. As I pray for you, that God would give you a cleanness of life and practice and heart and give you the courage to speak up in whatever environment you find yourself in. Our children are starving for truth in this generation, and they're wide open. There's only a few Goliaths that claim that they have the power to keep us from being the people of God, but they don't. So I challenge you with all my heart, turn from sin, find that new life in Christ's and rise up and be the person that God's called you to be. We're going to sing for just a few moments. We're going to worship. I guess my other call is just twofold today. It's for people to say, oh God, help me please to turn from this thing in my life. I don't have to tell you what it is you already know. Help me to turn away from watching pornography help me to turn away from drink help me God to turn away from that flirtation in the office 
Help me, God. Help me, God, to stop railing. Get me off. Get me out of the seat of the scornful. And help me to walk with the righteous. Deliver me, God, from cowardice. And put a love for people in my heart that casts out all fear. Give me a voice to call this generation back to you again. And God, help me not to cower under the fear of the repercussions that will come all of our way. You know, I was in Washington, and there's an ex-general there who really gives courage to my heart every time I meet him and talk with him. And essentially, what he would say if he were standing here is, you have to fight for a cause higher than your own preservation. If it's just about preserving yourself, you'll flee when the enemy comes. If it's about others, you'll stand. May God give us the courage in this generation to stand for those that don't have a voice for themselves, for our children, for the unborn, for our high school students, for our college students, for every mother, every father, every child in this country that needs to know there's a Savior who died for them. Give us the grace to be kind and compassionate to all, not judging anyone, we leave that to God, but reaching as far as we can reach into this mass of fallen humanity with this message of incredible grace that belongs to every person who turns to it through Jesus Christ. So Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you will today cause your kingdom to advance. You will give us the strength and courage that we now need as a people to stand against the onslaught of wickedness that wants to extinguish the testimony of your life and word. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for courage for your people as others throughout the world have had to have God, deliver us, Lord, from this life of ease that so many of your people have known and bring us into the true fight for the souls of men. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. God, we yield our bodies today to this purpose. We thank you in Jesus' name. So we're going to stand in a moment. For those who just, you just know you have to turn from something And for those who want to turn towards Christ, maybe you don't have a struggle that I'm talking about in your life, but you say, God, I'm stuck in neutral. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going back and I'm not going forward. But today you say, I want to make a difference. I want my life to count. I want my voice to have authority. If that's you, we're going to stand. I'm going to ask you to make your way here. We're going to pray together and believe God to answer our prayer. In the annex, you can make your way here. We'll wait for you in the campus churches. Step between the screens, if you will. We'll be back in just a moment. Uh, every time I look at people at this altar.
spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank God that we can adore him. We could worship him. We could celebrate. And we just tell him thank you this morning for all he has already done, what he's doing right now, great and mighty things, and what he's going to do. Yeah, again, great and mighty things for his people. Yeah, we give him glory this morning, honor and praise again, but there's none like Almighty God. And yes, the wolf is at the door. As I said, I think he has come inside. And what he's trying to do is kill, steal, and destroy. And we got to be prayerful. We got to be watchful. Yeah, because we know not a day, not an hour when God is going to return. And we want to be ready when he comes. See, I don't want to be over there at the uh, seamstress talking about, well, I needed to tighten it up a little bit in this area and let the dress. No, no, no. I may have to dye my shoes <laughs> the color to match my gown. And I don't want to wait till the last minute. My wedding tomorrow and I'm going to do all of that today. No, he gave me plenty of time to prepare. He gave me plenty of time to pray. Plenty of time to study his word. Yeah, to get in the word and let his word get in me. Hallelujah. Because he's in me and I'm in him. He's, I'm in him and he's in me. How about that? Yeah. And so we're thankful unto Almighty God this morning for all he has done for us. And uh, if there's anyone else have something they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and call, call in. Uh, I mean, come in. If you press the number one, I see your light come on in the studio. Again, if you'd like to call in this morning, that number is 619-639-4609. Again, that is 619, that's the area code, 639, first three numbers, 4609, last four numbers. So dial that number and come in and uh, share with us this morning. We thank one to the Lord. I started off just talking about a little bit of how things have changed from my childhood until today. And uh, I know that things will continue to change because, man, he's become more wickeder and wise and he needs more and uh, this and that and things need to be easier and all kind of stuff. But you know what? I look back in the day. I look back during, let's say, my grandmother's time. And I saw these people working, hard work. But you saw none of these people that were doing this hard work, you saw nobody overweight. Mm -mm. Another thing, ladies, I see married women, a lot of married women, they're not overweight. Some of them are, but they maintained it. They didn't let it get too far gone. But a lot of single women, uh, we eat. We always going somewhere to eat. Oh, have you heard of this new restaurant? I but I'm going over there. Yeah. So we need to pray and ask God, Lord, don't let our minds be consumed by stuff and things. Don't let us be wickeder and wiser. But Lord, help us to follow your rules, your way, and help us, Lord, to apply your word to our everyday life. Because somebody is always coming to me to eat. Yeah, and the enemy, I love them groceries, and I can't lie. But somebody's always, hey, uh, you want to go out? No, I don't. 
Mm. Oh, let's go here. Let's go there. And I find myself over there uh, trying it out. Yeah. And there's a, uh, I think we call it a Mexican restaurant. It's called La Napolera. I think I pronounced it like right. And I don't eat a lot of Mexican food. I eat, uh, when I go over there, I have to have the big beef burrito. You know, they put the red sauce on it and the white cheese. <laughs> I have the refried beans. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, refried beans. And then I'm going to have red rice on the side. Very fattening. So I, I had to make up in my mind early in the year. You go to Lanapalara every six months to every nine months. You can't go once or twice a week. You'll be as big as the world. Won't be no room for you. Yeah. So we want to be careful too, ladies. We want to be careful too. I, I said today, now, I've I cooked. Uh, this would be the third day cooking has been going on. And I, I had made some favorite things that I like too. Like a cheesecake, I make it so I don't have to put no topping on it. And it's not chalky. And so I like that, but it's sweet. So I made up in my mind today, no cookies, no cakes, no pie, no nothing. Have a, a decent meal and sit down. And then don't overdo your plate. Eat a little bit, go back and eat a little bit more if you want it. But try not to overdo it. Yeah. So I'm working on some things. And I'm drinking more water. Yeah, I'm drinking more water. And the doctor recommends fresh vegetables, uh-huh, water, no sugar. And I'm happy. But I got to keep going because y'all know I was up to what, oh, I won't even tell you where I was at, but I was quite up there. And then when I went back and weighed, I was like 17 and 16 pounds lighter. But I got to keep working on it. Stay away from that sugar. Sugar's addictive. You know, it's like a, it feeds. It, it feeds on everything. That's the way I see sugar. And so I got to cut way back, way back and keep going. Because I'm telling you, I dropped a few pounds. But if you don't watch it, you'll put double back on. Yeah. So you have to watch that as well as pray. But we're coming into a new season. And uh, ask God for what you want before the new year get here. Tell him what you want. If you want peace in the country, uh, if you want our leadership to, to change for the better of the sake of the people of the country, tell God about it. Things that them flipped upside down, if you want them right side up, pray and ask God about it because you're not the only one. And he said, well, two or three are gathered in his name is touching and agreeing. He, he'll be in the midst. So I'm praying this in Miami. You praying it over in Jacksonville. Somebody praying it in Texas. Somebody way in Hawaii praying it. God, hear all these requests for the same thing. He's got a way to flip what's been flipped upside down in our country. He got a way to stand it back up, as I said, right side up. He got a way to fix the hearts and minds of the people. Yeah, we got to pray. Yeah, MC Hammer said it a long time ago, but we believed it, but we didn't really put no stock in it and no really working towards it. We got to pray to make it today. Yeah, you got to be prayed up because what's out here, 
It cares about nothing. The spirit of I don't care, the spirit of hate, the spirit of anger, the spirit of murder, the spirit of violence, all of that is out here. And for somebody to shoot you and take your life or or cut your head off or whatever they do to take your life, it means nothing to them. That means nothing. Hell, the scripture says, enlarges itself daily. Because you, you, you're getting to see more and more evil people. They can do whatever they want to senior citizens. And I had a boss to tell me, he said, hey, Barbara, you see them when they're old, but you don't know what they were when they were younger. But I still, I don't care what they used to be, I respect people. That's God's job to change. I can't change nobody. I can encourage you towards Jesus. So he can make a change in your life, but I can't change you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, we're going to one more song of the morning. And when we come back, if anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free uh, to press that number one and come in. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's take a listen at this one. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. These are the uplifting words of Psalm 37, verse 23. Imagine a path winding through a dense forest where every step can either lead deeper into the wilderness or closer to the clearing. Just as a traveler relies on a compass to guide their journey, so too do we seek direction in our lives. Let us explore how God's guidance can enlighten our path, providing comfort and motivation. I am also going to pray a powerful prayer with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So watch until the end and open your hearts to receive the blessings of this prayer. As we seek God's guidance and wisdom, we'll consider seven essential truths that will help us to navigate life's challenges. So let's journey together through scripture for a deeper understanding and revelation. Number one, seek divine direction in times of uncertainty. My friends, in times of uncertainty, we often find ourselves at a crossroads, yearning for guidance and clarity. The story of Abraham in Genesis 12 verses 1 to 4 offers us a profound example. Here, Abraham, then known as Abram, is called by God to leave his homeland and go to a place that God would show him. In this story, we see a man stepping into the unknown, trusting in the Lord's guidance. Abraham's journey teaches us the importance of seeking divine direction especially when our path seems unclear. Just as Abraham listened to God's call, we too are invited to seek God's direction in our lives. James 1 verse 5 reminds us, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. This verse encourages us to actively seek God's wisdom reassuring us that he is always ready to guide us. But how do we seek this divine direction? 
Prayer is our direct line to God, a way to express our uncertainties and seek His will. As we pray, we open our hearts to God's guidance, allowing Him to lead us through the Holy Spirit. In moments of prayer, we find clarity and peace, as illustrated in Philippians 4, verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Also, God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, as stated in Psalm 119, verse 105. By immersing ourselves in the Scriptures, we allow God's wisdom to illuminate our decisions and guide our steps. Seeking godly counsel is another way to discern God's direction. Proverbs 11 verse 14 tells us, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Therefore, surrounding ourselves with wise, spiritually mature individuals can provide clarity and confirmation of God's will in our lives. Number two, embrace God's timing and plan. My friends, our journey with God is not just about the destination, but also about embracing His timing and plan for our lives. The story of Joseph, found in Genesis 37-50, is a testament to this truth. Joseph's life was a roller coaster of events, from being his father's favorite to being sold into slavery by his own brothers, then from being wrongfully imprisoned to eventually becoming a ruler in Egypt. Throughout these trials, Joseph remained faithful, understanding that God's timing is perfect, even in hardship. Embracing God's timing requires patience and trust, qualities that are often challenging to maintain. Yet, as we read in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, this verse reminds us that our lives are part of a greater divine plan and every season serves a purpose. Trusting in God's timing also means surrendering our own plans and timelines. We often have our own ideas of when and how things should happen. But Isaiah 55 verse 8 reminds us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways says the Lord. This scripture invites us to trust that God's plans, though different from ours, are always for our good. In moments of waiting, we can find comfort and strength in the presence of God. As we draw near to Him, we find peace and reassurance. Psalm 46 verse 10 encourages us, Be still and know that I am God. In stillness, we recognize God's sovereignty and learn to wait on His perfect timing. Furthermore, embracing God's timing involves recognizing the lessons and growth opportunities in every season. Romans 5 verses 3 to 4 teaches us saying, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. So even in challenging times, God is molding 
and shaping us, preparing us for what he has in store. Number three, walk in obedience to God's will. My friends, obedience is a key step in aligning our lives with God's plan. The story of Jonah exemplifies the importance of obedience and the consequences of disregarding God's commands. Jonah 1 verses 1 to 3 shows us how Jonah tried to flee from God's instruction only to face greater challenges. The scripture tells us, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. This story teaches us that walking in God's will involves not just hearing his guidance, but also actively following it. Obedience to God is more than just following rules. It's about having a heart aligned with his. First Samuel 15 verse 22 says, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. This verse emphasizes that God values our obedience more than our offerings or religious rituals. It's important for you to know and understand this. It's in our daily choices and actions that we truly demonstrate our commitment to following Him. At first, the path of obedience often seems challenging as it requires us to let go of our own desires and trust in God's plan. However, as we walk in obedience, we begin to experience God's blessings and favor. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 reminds us, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Obedience opens the door to God's promises and blessings in our lives. Furthermore, obedience is a form of worship, a way to show our love and reverence for God. John 14 verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Our obedience is a direct reflection of our relationship with God and our trust in His goodness and sovereignty. As we strive to walk in obedience, let's also seek God's grace to empower us. It's through His strength, not our own, that we can live a life of obedience. Philippians 4, verse 13, assures us, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With God's help, we can walk in obedience to his will and direction. Number four, the power of trusting in God's guidance. Trusting in God's guidance is crucial in ordering our steps. The life of Esther is a powerful example of trust in divine guidance. Placed in a position of influence as queen, Esther had to trust in God's guidance to save her people from destruction. 
Her story in the book of Esther shows us how trusting in God can lead to incredible outcomes, even in the face of impossible odds. Trusting God means relying on his wisdom and provision. Even when our circumstances seem overwhelming, Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6 tells us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. This scripture is a beautiful reminder to place our full trust in God, knowing that he will guide us rightly. My friends, trusting in God also involves letting go of fear and anxiety. When faced with uncertainty, it's easy to be consumed by worry. However, 1 Peter 5, verse 7, encourages us, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. God invites us to release our anxieties to him, trusting that he holds our future. Also, trusting in God's guidance means being open to his leading, even when it takes us out of our comfort zones. God's ways are often beyond our understanding, but they lead us to greater growth and fulfillment. In the book of Isaiah, in chapter 55, verse 9, the scripture reassures us, saying, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In times of decision-making, let's seek God's guidance through prayer, scripture, godly counsel, and through the leading of the Holy Spirit. As we do so, we develop a deeper trust in his ability to lead us in the right direction. Number five, the blessing of walking in God's path. My friends, walking in the path that God has for us brings abundant blessings and fulfillment. The story of Ruth beautifully illustrates this. Ruth's decision to follow Naomi and the God of Israel, as told in Ruth 1 verses 16 to 17, led her to a life of blessing and purpose. Despite her initial circumstances as a widow in a foreign land, Ruth's faithfulness positioned her within the lineage of Jesus Christ. Walking in God's path often involves making choices that align with his values and principles. Galatians 5 verse 25 advises us, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. This means our actions, decisions, and interactions should be guided by the Holy Spirit, reflecting the character of Christ. The blessing of walking in God's path is not just in material prosperity, but in peace, joy, and fulfillment. Philippians 4 verse 7 speaks of the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, a peace that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This peace is a hallmark of walking in God's path. Also, walking in God's path leads to fruitful living. John 15 verse 5 reminds us, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Our connection with Christ 
enables us to bear fruit that glorifies God and impacts others. Walking in God's path provides us with a sense of purpose and direction. Psalm 16 verse 11 declares, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In God's path, we find true satisfaction and joy. Number six, finding strength in God during difficult times. My friends, walking with the Lord does not exempt us from facing challenges, but it does promise us strength and refuge in those difficult times. The story of Daniel in the lion's den, as told in Daniel 6, is a powerful example of finding strength in God amidst adversity. Daniel's unwavering faith, even when faced with death, shows us how trust in God can provide us with supernatural peace and protection. In moments of trial, Next time you're riding down the road in your car, sing this to the Lord. You'll get where you're going much faster. Come. Let us. Kneel down before Him. Worship and adore Him. Come on, say it again. Let us come, let us adore you. Kneel down before you, kneel down before you. In your presence, Lord, worship. show of 2023 and so I've done that I thank God for it and Sister Lisa Williams thank you so much I got your uh, message from uh, the the website Jesus in the Morning Radio Talk Show and I thank you so much God bless you God bless you God bless each and every one of you those coming through the archives and the podcast I thank God for you praying for everybody hallelujah that we'll be preparing for this new year and we're going to tell God what it is we want from him. Hallelujah. Trusting that he hear us the first time. And we're just patiently waiting for his answer. Hallelujah. So listen, we're going to pray out. And this morning, we're not going to have a last song of the morning. 
So after prayer, I won't be coming back. Let's pray the prayer of faith. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done this morning. Father, we thank you for this great celebration, the day that we set aside to celebrate your birth. And God, help us to be free today. For whom the Son set free is free indeed. You called us to no bondage. We're not under bondage, O oh God. Oh, but we've been set free by your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you. We can't tell you thank you enough. Bless every caller and every listener, every family represented here, near and far. Move by your Spirit today, God, in a mighty way. Bring families together closer. Lord, bring family, friends, and, and the love of you that draw them to connect them together even closer in the name of Jesus. Bless wives and husbands everywhere, marriages, oh God. Lord, you ordained it. Hallelujah. We bind up every evil and hindering and negative spirit that's coming against all the holy matrimony of marriage in the name of Jesus. And God, those that are single who are looking, men can look, women wait. Those that have made their petition known unto you about marriage, Father, we ask that you would move for them in a mighty way. Give them the tools they need. Show them that his ministry is not fleshly. It's not just about your feelings, but work needs to be done. Hallelujah. We're two or three, so now you're married. There's two of y'all. There's no longer one. You can work unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As we depart this Christmas day, bless our going out and bless our coming in. Father, meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Father, we ask it all again in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and may the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves the cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today. Again, December 25th, 2023. In Jesus' name, we're asking it all. Amen and hallelujah. So at this time, bye-bye and again, have a Merry Christmas. We worship you. Come. Come, let us adore him. I'm sleepy.
always.